Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Paddock Chat, a West Midlands Group original podcast created to keep local growers in the loop without having to leave the paddock. I'm your host, Kira Holly, and I work at the West Midlands Group. In today's episode, West Midlands Group Executive Officer Nathan Craig caught up with Dr. Hannabeth Luke to delve into the topic of Regen Ag. Annabeth is a passionate educator who teaches and conducts research in Southern Cross University's School of Environment, Science and Engineering. You'll find out a little bit more about her role in the interview. Nathan hails from a family farm in Western Victoria, where he spent the first seven years of his career as farm manager on their mixed sheep and crop enterprise. He has a strong background in annual and perennial pasture management, livestock production, as well as the development of a cropping enterprise that worked synergistically with the pasture system. Nathan completed a PhD at UWA on plant available nitrogen in monoculture wheat under long-term no-tillage and has been our EO since 2017. Today, Nathan and Hannabeth cover what is Regen Ag really, how does it fit into and does it already exist in traditional farming systems, and the exciting new regenerative agriculture course delving into evidence of success with Regen and what the future holds for research in this rapidly developing field. Now, before we hear from today's guest, I'd just like to say the information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on information provided in this podcast. Right, let's get into the fun part. My name is Nathan Craig and I'm the Executive Officer of the West Midlands Group. Today, I will be interviewing Dr. Hannabeth Luke from Southern Cross University. So I've been working with Hannabeth for a year or so on uh, a couple of different projects. Today, we really want to delve into a question that we get asked a lot, and that is, what exactly is regenerative agriculture? So welcome to the show, Hannabeth. Hello, Nathan. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me. Is there a, a definition of regenerative agriculture? You know, is it, has that been developed or is it talking about a way forward or a continuum? So the definition of regenerative agriculture is something that I think a lot of people are wanting, a really clear definition, and others are saying, well, it's something that's evolving. Our, our understanding of what the best practices or approaches might be is changing all the time, therefore we shouldn't define it. But I think there certainly are key elements that are very common across different people who are working on regenerative agriculture. But a big, big, the big aim of it is to increase the, the water holding capacity of soil. And that's, that's, that's really one of the main things that, that's going to build resilience. And you can hold more water in your soil. You've got more organic matter. Um, you've got a healthier overall system. That's, that's going to help you to build farm resilience and allow you to get through those drier periods, which is something that we're seeing more and more of. And, and that is a, a yeah, in, in a lot of our, well, across all farming systems, yeah, access to soil moisture and activities and practices that can increase that, you know, it is, is definitely a key focus. And, and a lot of that has, I guess, in WA, uh, access to moisture has been around deep ripping, but what, what sort of approaches are there available that, that you're, you've kind of been looking at or, or you've found in putting this course together? So a big part of it is having different types of species together and, and that can be so multi-species cropping and that can be around having deeper rooted plants that can help to penetrate deeper and help to break up the soil and to make more um, more pore space. So there's more places for the water to sit 
And also there are other ideas around uh, leaky weirs and slowing down water that is flowing through the landscape. I know there's a, a project that's just going to be starting up in Western Australia on looking at that in a pretty dry context. So that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see how that goes. And uh, yeah, a whole range of different things. But it is also about reading the farmscape, knowing your particular property, knowing your context, knowing what actually works where you do, which farmers are very good at anyway, but it's about really um, putting a massive emphasis on that while looking at all of the different connections of how the biodiversity and the soils will work together to improve um, the capacity of the farm to lock in carbon to the soil. And that's around, again, no-till. It's a really, really common practice. Um, but it really is a spectrum. As you said before, it's, it's, it really is a, a continuum of practices. And those practices and the best practices are continually evolving. But a big one in terms of getting water out of the soil is deep-rooted plants and also supportive landscapes, having some native bush. But again, it depends very much on the farm context. So um, if you'd like to give us a little bit of a background on you know, what your role is at Southern Cross University. Yes, yeah, so I'm a lecturer in the School of Environment, Science and Engineering, and I've been teaching there and doing research for about nine years on a whole, whole range of different topics. But a big part of my focus has been around resilience and in rural communities and landscapes and that's led me to look at land use change and now a really big focus of the work I do which we've been working on together has been um, working with farmers to understand farming practices across different Australian farming systems what uh, farmer aspirations are uh, what are the things that drive decision making and how better local farming groups can support farmers to meet those aspirations. And also part of your role, uh, which is kind of our focus today, is putting together uh, what I understand is one of the first regenerative agriculture courses in Australia, is it? It is, absolutely. The course was started to be developed around, it's actually around a year ago, I had my first conversation with Lorraine Gordon of the Regenerative Agricultural Alliance, which is based at Southern Cross University. And she told me that they're planning to put a regenerative agriculture course together. From then on in, they've been working with the um, Institute for Ecological Agriculture and put together a course format, which is a whole new uh, major of our Bachelor of Science in Regenerative Agriculture. And it's a, a world first bachelor course in regenerative agriculture. And we're also actually just got approved a graduate certificate in regenerative agriculture as well. So course has now been running it's in our second session and we've got 130 students enrolled enormous interest from across Australia which is really really exciting place to be in the course itself it's got eight units as a part of the major um, so it's uh, farming systems alternative farming systems agroecology ecological perspectives of landscapes and landscape management soil management is um, obviously a focus on soil is very important in regenerative agriculture so we've got a few units there and also around planning rural landscapes so really exciting and very integrated courses but one of the the key things that the course is built on and i think this is really important for regenerative agriculture as a whole it's around understanding complexity so there's a there is a whole range of academic thinking around complexity, and I'm not going to go there, but it's just around about understanding that uh, rather than trying to break things down and, and understand things in isolation, which has been called reductionist science, it's about saying, okay, well, how does all of this work together? The big challenge for science is saying, well, 
how do we measure how it all works together? <laughs> because we're used to breaking things down and looking at this element here. <laughs> There's a whole range of challenges there, but really feels like an exciting place to be in at Southern Cross, working in the teaching and the research and uh, bringing all of the different players in and knowledge holders in to teach and develop the course has been a really interesting and exciting journey. So a really important part of the course is about teaching students the developing evidence-based regenerative agricultural practices. There are a whole range of, of different things, everything from you know cover cover crops and no-till to compost, the use of compost, biochar and soil inoculation and leaky weirs. So some of these things have got a long-standing evidence base. You know, a lot of the soil health stuff is well, well understood. But even then, things like the interactions between gut bacteria and soil bacteria, we're only just starting to understand that actually can have a really important influence on human health. So there's this rapidly moving science, but there's also all of these practitioners that have been leading the way. So we bring in the practitioners, we bring in the scientists who are working on building this evidence base, and we teach the students, yes, this is an evidence base that's moving, and we teach them to know the difference between you know hard evidence and um, and you know, being able to interpret different types of information and being able to make their own decisions around that is really important for people who are trained in science. So it's really bringing all of that together in one course has been quite a challenge and continues to be a very exciting challenge and really enjoying it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of common themes there that, would, that we often hear um, and a lot of practices being used in, in WA, again, you know, as, as no tillage and, and stubble retention and um, you know, most people, most farmers would have an appreciation that helping their soil carbon levels, most farmers would understand that soil health is, is based on, you know, lots of organic matter in the soil and, and, and good healthy function. So there is a lot of crossover. And I guess the, the point I, I keep coming back to it, it's not, it's not an us and them sort of situation. And, and it's about the, the mindset of, you know, we are, this is where we're heading into the future and, and, you know, we're going to be more mindful of, of what is an increasingly complex uh, system. The more we learn, the more complex it sounds. Or, Absolutely. It? Yeah, I have a, a, a student, who, a research student, who's actually working on talking with people about certification and labelling around regenerative agriculture because consumers are already starting to call for it. A whole range of quite well-known companies, uh, McCain's and Quaker Oats and uh, Lush, you know, just to name a few, are saying, well, we want to be able to say that our projects are coming from regenerative farms. How can, how can you demonstrate to me that this is a, de- a regenerative farm? The challenge for Will, my student, is he's going to be going out and speaking to a whole range of professionals, but it's the thinking is around... How do you create a labelling process that acknowledges that it's part of a journey and, again, acknowledges that continuum? And just there being change to higher carbon levels, being able to retain more water in your soil, those basic things are really strong indicators. Having higher biodiversity in your soil, those are some of the key indicators you can take away as being a positive change in, in the right direction. But there's also that element of the, the social and there's some big questions in regenerative agriculture around um, what what are the aims? And, and a key part of the aim as well is farmer well-being. And a lot of the people who've written on um, regenerative agriculture, which is Gabe Brown, really have a strong focus on looking at that supply chain and how that works and understanding that there might be different markets. They might actually get better price in particular markets and connecting with those markets and potentially cutting out some of the, you know, 
middlemen and actually selling from the farm gate, if that works in that context. But that supply chain and that social element is also seems to be quite an important um, thing across the board with regenerative agriculture and certainly linking into farmer well-being. Yeah, and that it, increasingly we see that with markets demanding ethically and sustainably produced products. So, you know, whether they're directly looking for produce from regenerative agriculture farms or there is that common thread that we see, you know, with consumers that they want to know where their products come from and they want to feel confident that it's been produced in a in an ethically and, and sustainable way. It's a really interesting space and uh, I think it's a really positive space to be in and uh, it, but it will be certainly very fascinating to see where it goes in the next few years. Hi everyone, I'm just going to jump in here to tell you a little bit about an important survey that might find its way into your letterbox in the coming weeks. The Soil Health Survey is a soil CRC-led project engaging groups and growers across the country to better understand current farming practices, the various influences on farmer decision-making and how farmers believe they will be farming in the future. Hannah Beth will explain what you can expect in the mail and why it's important to complete this survey for the future of farming. Top off the press are 1,250 advance notices that we're sending out across the Northern Wheat Belt. They should be arriving in people's letterbox any day now, and they've got a link on them. So what we usually do is we send out everybody a, a paper survey. It's a 16-page paper survey. The advance notice is about those people who want to fill it in online. You can actually go to the Soil CRC website. There's a little survey link at the top. Click on that, and you can fill in the survey online. Or if you don't want to receive a fair bit of paperwork from us, you can also opt out. So it gives people the chance to step out uh, nice and early as well. Because we do send a few reminders and things like that. And then two to three weeks later, we'll be sending out the paper survey booklets. I'm very confident that we'll be able to bring out a lot of information that will be really useful to each of those groups, as well as the shires themselves. One thing for farmers to know is the survey really is there to best inform these groups how they can support landholders across this region now and in through the future. But it also helps us all CRC, which doesn't just do social research, we just actually relatively small part of what the soil CRC does. It helps us to guide this soil-related research on a national scale as well and find out what's important to farmers and a real chance of having an input there. So um, anyone that has the time, please take the time to fill in that survey and uh, it will be very appreciative. Thank you. Here at the West Midlands Group, we have been working alongside Hannah Beth and the Soil CRC, as well as other local groups, including Wampa, the Lieber Group and the Wheatbelt NRM, to make sure we're asking the right questions to get the right answers for the benefit of our farming community. The survey has also received support from the shires of Dandarigan, Mora, Karoo, Dalwollany and Wongambalaji. If you would like more information about the survey, get in touch via the details in today's show notes. There's also a YouTube video in there that goes into a bit more detail about how the information from the survey will be used and what benefit it will be to the farming community. All right, back to it. As we... You know, the more farms we talk to um, and, and other industry in that, that people really are asking that question of what is regenerative agriculture really? There, there's a lot of confusion or, or, or an unclear message 
out there and, and in putting your course together, what sort of things did you have to consider when you know, to make that course? So we've been working with the Institute for Ecological Agriculture. We've been working in this space for some time and it's very much around, okay, so what are the, the key things that students need to know to be able to manage their farms and help others to manage farms in a way that's going to support natural processes and natural cycles on their farm and minimise inputs and improve the capacity of the farm to retain more water in the soil, those sorts of things. But also it's around, okay, well, who are the key organisations that are already working in this space, uh, such as Source for Life and Soil Care and NRM organisations. And there's lots of people who've been uh, working on practices that are very much a part of that regenerative agriculture way of farming. It was also around bringing in, you know, the, the best experts and who are the people who are, who are doing a lot of these practices. Because regenerative agriculture, there is, in, in agroecology, there's quite an evidence base for a lot of practices within it, particularly around healthy soils, what makes a healthy soil. Um, but other things, there's less, it's very much practitioner-led and there's the science is working to catch up to really provide the evidence of, of um, you know, how well that is working. So it was around bringing in practitioners and lots of really exciting guest speakers to talk to students and leaders in the field, such as Charlie Massey and Tony McCosker and Bruce Maynard and we're going to have also Bruce Pascoe, bringing in the best people to speak with students about what where they're at, what their understanding is of the best processes to promote a healthy farm that is also going to be productive. Teaching our students, because it's Bachelor of Science, okay, so what is good science, what is an evidence base, and helping them to make sense of that and that growing evidence base for regenerative agricultural practices. A lot of what I've seen in the, in the past has been, you know, regenerative agriculture being seen as being, you know, 100% and and traditional farming practices being at zero sort of thing and, and there being such a wide, wide difference. But, you know, as we've kind of alluded to or spoken about today is that it, it is about a continuum that, that farming is evolving. And as, and as you said, we've had, you know, no-till has, has made some pretty large gains in, uh, in WA in terms of being able to keep the soil covered and, and increase the amount of organic matter going back into the soil. Is regenerative agriculture the next step or how do we put what farmers are doing now and, and moving towards the next step? It's a really good question. I think it's a question that's on a lot of people's minds. And I think there's a lot of people that have been working in this space for a very long time and yourself and Wanfer and a lot of the NRM groups have been working on a whole range of different conservation and sustainable agricultural approaches with various different names. But it is around bringing a lot of those ideas together and saying, right, how can all of these things work together in the context of my farm to support a landscape that means I have to put less things onto it? <laughs> so how, how can I bring all of this together to have less inputs? And that is a really big emphasis. That's going to build farm resilience and increase water holding capacity and also build carbon up on the farm. So it, it, it's kind of more around, I guess, that commitment or that vision that, you know, we, we want to build a better landscape and, and actually, you know, focusing on that as well as as the production side of things. Is, is that a good yeah. summation? I think it really is. Yeah, I think it's a great summation, Nathan. The one thing that I read um, recently was that really struck to me is it's not about changing the way that we manage 
the landscape. It's actually about changing the way that we look at the landscape. We're trying to, trying to understand at a deeper level the connections um, between and the complexity of all of the different elements of the farmscape and how they work together to promote a healthy environment, a healthy soil, and uh, also support production. For the longer run, we know that continually putting different chemicals on, on soils can have all sorts of different issues in terms of chemical residue. Also, you know, certain things, you put superphosphate over time, it will actually break down um, soils. So there's a whole range of things that over the long, over the short term, there's gain. Uh, and in a good year, that, that can work really well. You've got plenty of rain. You can put more um, more product onto that farm and the farm's going to be more productive. But over the long run, it's actually um, breaking down natural cycles and systems in the soil. So when you do get a poorer year and a few dry years, it can be you're going to see much faster soil degradation happening. So, And that's a really a big part of what I've learned through managing this course and through working with farmers in this space is that people saying that in the heart of the drought, a good year or so in, you know, my farm's still green, next door's blowing away. So that's the kind of thing that we need to be building the evidence base. We've got lots of practitioners who are really saying, look, they're leading the way and saying this is really working for me. But I know, I know also, and this is what we're doing a lot of at Southern Cross University, um, is really looking at also building that evidence base. I know the Soil CRC, which I work with very closely in this survey that we're working on as part of the Soil CRC, they've got a lot of projects that are also working in that space, looking to understand the impacts of herbicide residue, looking at biological solutions to improving farms, um, looking at multi-species cropping and integrated livestock, all of those things. And, are going the source CLC is not doing the integrated livestock but we're working we're going to be hopefully soon <laughs> um, and the regenerative agriculture alliance at southern cross university is playing a big role also in trying to bring up this research and really help support that evidence base i think that's really what some people are waiting for but also others aren't waiting they're just seeing that it's working for their neighbor and they're jumping in and giving it a go so it's a really interesting and continually moving space and it's, it's very exciting to be a part of this course and also a part of the research. The, the question we usually end on is what keeps you interested in agriculture? What, what got me interested in agriculture is that farms cover half the country and uh, I was really excited to work with farmers to understand so what support they might need to be able to improve their practices, to what extent are farmers doing best practice and what are the barriers. But what keeps me involved in agriculture is working with farmers. I'm just being a part of the Soil CRC National Survey Project has just been such a pleasure. Getting to work with different uh, small and large farming groups across the country. I got to work with the North Central CMA in Victoria, um, with EPAF and Lido, which is now Air EP and EPNRM down in, in on the Air Peninsula was was a real pleasure as well, and with Persa. And now over here in Western Australia, working with, with yourselves and Levy and and Wanfa, and also with the Wheatbelt NRM group, just really enjoy getting to know the different players in those organisations and how passionate all of those people are to support farmers and to help farmers to continue to look at what is best practice and work towards that in, in every way they can. And uh, be really interesting to see, you know, whether things will will see some change in practices over the next few years, uh, whether regenerative agriculture will be taken up with gusto, uh, we'll see. 
Cool. Thank you very much, Hannah Beth. It's been great to talk to you today and understand a little bit more about regenerative agriculture. So thank you. Thank you, Nathan. It's been a pleasure. What an interesting topic. So some key messages there. Many regen ag practices are already implemented by conventional farm businesses to improve soil health and productivity. This is achieved through working to increase water holding capacity, boosting ground cover to reduce erosion, reducing inputs and chemical use where possible, holistic decision making, integrating livestock and increasing biodiversity. There is evidence of rising market demand for produce farmed using regen practices. The World First course discussed on today's episode delves into the emerging practices of and growing evidence base for regenerative agriculture. Research in this area could lead to new findings and practices that can be applied on farm to improve the productivity and sustainability of farm businesses across the country. If you would like to get in touch with today's guest or our very own Nathan Craig, check out the show notes for those details. You will also be able to find some useful resources in there if you would like further information on the topic we talked about today. The best way to receive our updates and to stay in the loop with the latest in local research is by becoming a West Midlands Group member. Our members are an essential part of why we do what we do and we pride ourselves on ensuring members like you receive relevant, innovative information. A membership gets you early access to our workshops, free or discounted entry for up to three farm business members to our major events, including Springfield Days, and exclusive access to a member-only publications like our technical newsletter, the WMG Quarterly. For more information, visit our website where you can sign up anytime. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. We want to know what you want to hear about. In the show notes, you'll be able to find a link titled Podcast Feedback, where you can let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, and it would just give us a better idea of what you guys are interested in. You can stay in the loop by subscribing so that you know when the next episode drops. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review. I'd like to thank our sponsors and members without whom this would not be possible. See you next time for some more paddock chat. Local knowledge from a paddock near you.